Guiding Compass podcast. My name is Sandra Kushner, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I started this podcast to help bring awareness and education around different topics related to mental health and well-being. Today, I have Nikki Higgins, a licensed marriage and family therapist on the show. She has a practice in Chino Hills, California, and we are going to be talking about your, trusting your intuition and digging into what is the best path for you when it comes to making big transitions in your life and knowing the difference between living in fear and doubt and really in your best self and being able to make the decision of what is right for you in the long run. So Nikki, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into the work that you do and what made you so passionate about working with clients and helping them figure out which direction to take in their life and tapping into their intuition and their soul and breaking free, I guess, of social expectation, <laughs> following their own path. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I decided to become um, a mental health, you know, professional therapist, I was working in corporate America and really not fulfilled in the work that I was doing. And I just remember I was living in Chicago at the time and it was crazy cold. And I just remember, you know, sitting down one day and just saying, you know, if there is a bigger purpose for me, if there is something more that I can be doing with my gifts and my strengths, please start to put me on that path. Um, and so, you know, long story short, things started to really point in this direction of, wanting to get back to my community through service and through helping others. And so I went to school, I decided to become a therapist, and I really started working in the eating disorder community um, as a clinician. And I was able to work with some really amazing individuals who were um, inflicted, I guess you can say, with the weight of perfectionism and the weight of, you know, having to meet expectations, having to balance you know, um, kind of what everybody else expected and needing of them versus really what their heart's desires were. Um, and through that work, I really submerged myself um, in building a better understanding of confidence, of vulnerability, of intuition, and of grace. And um, I was able to grow in my career, and I managed a number of program directors, and even through my leadership, again, encountering um, men and women who were really strong and amazing, but couldn't see it. Or if they couldn't see it, maybe they were able to see it, but not fully embrace and experience. And a lot of my work started to, um, you know, lean into this conversation of, uh, change and purpose and vulnerability and really embracing the change, you know, the challenge that that comes along with stepping into um, stepping into your power, stepping into your vision and what you're what you're being put on this earth to do. So that's that's how I came to all of this. <laughs> that is so amazing, and I think there's something kind of out there in the universe right now where a lot of people are what I call waking up and really connecting yes. their souls and having spiritual awakenings and re recognizing that maybe they're not showing up in life in the most authentic way. Yeah. And I'm seeing yes. that a lot in my personal life as well as with clients. And it's so powerful because when you stop living for other people's expectations or for cultural expectations or basing your life and decisions on timelines, you really get this sense of freedom where you, you recognize that you're here for a greater purpose and that that purpose may not be aligned with what, you know, your parents expected you to do or what your teachers expected yeah. you to do. And there's something yeah. liberating and empowering about that experience. I fully agree with you. It's liberating. It's empowering. It's scary as well, because in order to really break free from a way of thinking and viewing opportunity in life, um, you know, it's scary to break free from the norm. It's scary to accept that the vision that's really put on your life is yours and yours alone, even if it looks slightly different. 
um, or I'm sorry, if it looks slightly the same as someone else's. I tell, you know, I meet a lot of my clients and kind of sit in the space of like this existential space of like, what is life about? Why do I feel so unhappy? Why do I feel so disconnected, you know, from the bigger whole? This is really scary for me. This is, you know, I don't know how to, um, to really function in this really uncomfortable space. And a lot of times I have to sit with my clients and just say, well, you know, there's this expectation that you even have to do this right. You know what I'm saying? And and a lot of what um, we experience when we're breaking free from the norm is disruption and change is about disruption um, because resilience can be born in that disruptiveness. Definitely. Um, so it's, it's it's a, it's a powerful experience you know i um i worked in i had a really great job and and you know i had planned on becoming the next ceo and you know i was like this is the company for me and this is where i'm going to to finish my work and really make my stamp and i would say towards the end of last year everything changed for me i had this profound experience that basically said um you're doing great but this is not where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more for you to do. And when I say, you know, that was by far the scariest, um, the scariest and most invigorating moment in my life. And I would say invigorating because it was so clearly laid out mm-hmm. of what the next steps were going to and should look like. Um the scary piece was what I had to give up in order to pursue that, that path. Um, and that's where the doubt set in and, and that doubt gave way to fear. You know what? That is so interesting that you just said that because I was leading a therapy group today, at the um, treatment center that I work at. And the topic was about surrendering and sacrifice and the whole mm-hmm. that we had in that group therapy session was how in life sometimes you have to make sacrifices and surrender things that are comfortable or things that you really feel safe in because there's something on the other side of that and how vulnerable that is to get out of your comfort zone to leave people that are no longer serving you for your higher good and this oh gosh yeah such a theme lately and it's so interesting that we're having this discussion because I just finished reading a book um, by Christine Hassler. She is a life coach. Um, and mm-hmm. the book is called Expectation Hangover. And the book mm-hmm. is all about how in life we all kind of go into it with a plan. We all like think we're going to get married by this age. We're going to have this job. <laughs> this is going to happen. And we're going to live here. And then those things tend to not happen exactly as we planned. And a lot of yeah. <laughs> A lot of people have a lot of uh, negative connotations with those changes. When things fall apart, your fiance leaves you, you don't get the promotion you want, your, you know, your friend ends up like ending the friendship and it makes people kind of catapult into this feeling of fear and doubt, which is actually probably the universe creating some space for something so much more fulfilling and better to come in. But a lot of people get stuck in that fear and that self-doubt of what that change is. Yeah. And, 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 you know, one of the things, and I'm going to go ahead and read these two definitions because, you know, I found myself uh, getting stuck in, you know, it's very important to be mindful of the language that you use to describe your life, to describe your situation. And I do a lot of narrative uh, therapy and the work that I do with my clients because how we describe situations definitely shape our experience um, and sometimes even vice versa. But I would say that I, I was using fear to describe my situation so much um, that I found myself really not taking steps towards this plan that had been unveiled to me. Um, And I'm going to go ahead really quickly and and read the definition between the two, because I think it's really important for everyone to know. Um, So with doubt, we're looking at a feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction. Some doubt has been cast upon the authenticity of this account, 
you know, they had doubts that they would ever win. Um, it's the feeling of uncertainty about something, doubting your ability to do something. Whereas when we're looking at fear, we're really looking at an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous and likely to cause pain or threat, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking at the language that you're using to um, describe these experiences, and, and, and I do want to say that sometimes we're called to do really big, great, grand things, and sometimes we're called to do really big, big great, grand things in the scale of just changing a habit, changing a behavior, like you said, changing a network or community people of you know a community of people that don't serve us. But when we're talking about being afraid to make those changes and to really answer those callings on our life, we're really planting seeds of a language of violence, of danger. It's dangerous for me to answer this calling, right? Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about doubt, we're talking about, am I able to do this? Am I able to do this? And this and it opens up a different internal conversation, right? Because now I'm going to say, well, what makes me unable to do this versus am I in danger if I follow this path? Does that, I, I hope that makes sense because I can kind of yeah, no. go, you know, go to big places. <laughs> you know, I think doubt is something that a lot of people misconstrue with fear because yeah. You know what you're saying like fear is a natural response to the new situation like it there's also mm -hmm. like anxiety that comes with that but sometimes anxiety can be something that's so po positive but I feel like when yeah. you said that like what I thought of was doubt is really built on a lot of shame and built yes. on a feeling of incompetency and inadequacy that maybe yes. been doormat or you know deeply hidden behind cultural expectations or following a timeline or doing what you think other people expect you to do. And when you're yeah. kind of presented with these opportunities and opportunities to really take real risk and change your life and do something that might be more fulfilling, but isn't as structured and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. I feel like a lot of people kind of get stuck in that feeling of like, well, am I really good enough to do this? Like, can I really handle yeah. And good enough is so synonymous with it, right? Am I good enough? Can I really do this? You know, I actually experienced, and, and, I'll, and I'll be a little bit more detailed, you know, my calling was, you know, you're doing this really great work, you're working in treatment centers, you're working with clients, but I need you to go to an area of a community that's very much unserved, and I need you to make therapeutic services available to kids without, you know, them paying. And I kind of freaked out when I heard that, because I'm thinking to myself, okay, I need to make, you know, I need to find a school um, and I need to explain to the school that they need to pay me to provide therapeutic services for their students and the students shouldn't pay anything. How in the world am I going to do that? Is that even possible? And I mean, just uh, so many questions that, you know, that, that uh, essentially questioned my ability to do this were present that I fell into this place of like maybe I didn't even experience this calling to begin with maybe I just manifested this in my mind and it's not real um, and I'm just kind of playing jokes on myself and I really had to um, to take a step back and I had to um, you know check in with where is that coming from is there as you said is there a is there an expectation that I am more comfortable with meeting than stepping away from these expectations and pursuing this goal why do I believe that I can't do this you know where are these messages coming from um, fortunately I was able to find a school and I was able to say hey I this is the plan. And the school actually bought very much into the idea, right? And I was like, okay, this is crazy. But there were so many beliefs that I had accumulated along the path that caused me to question my ability to make this a reality. And a lot of that was rooted in, you know, expectations that I had to um, me, it was rooted in this idea that, 
you know, you're a mother, you're a wife, you have bills to pay, you have things to do, you can't, you know, you know, step away from those responsibilities to honor this calling, who will you put in jeopardy if you make this decision? You know what I'm saying? Um, And so it was a really powerful eye opener um, that when you're called to do something, you have to surrender to it. Definitely. And I think it's so interesting because I feel like I've had a really intense spiritual awakening in the last year and a half. And I've never been so in tune with my own intuition and like kind of gut feeling and trusting life, whether it comes to work or personal relationships or health. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's, there was a big shift that happened for me last year as well, where I just really connected to my sense of self and my purpose. But with that kind of you know, it kind of came a lot of doubt and change and all of the, all of that stuff that you're talking about the, well, how am I going to pay my bills to really <laughs> what I want to do? How is this going to manifest? And it's so interesting. Cause I feel like when you take that leap of faith, the universe kind of like coddles you like all of a sudden, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's this person that shows up or there's this opportunity <laughs> that opens and I always say like nothing ever happens to you. It always happens for you. So if things fall apart or if, you know, something goes wrong, it's Mm. probably not for your highest good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree with you 110%, especially the piece when you really, when you answer that calling and you fully surrender to it, it is, it is interesting, maybe even magical how things kind of fall into place. Um, and, and it's funny because when I'm with my clients, sometimes, you know, we talk about congruence and incongruence and I'm always kind of asking them, what could you be doing in your life that would make it feel like you were living it more congruently? Mm -hmm. And it's always the number one, you know, living according to my heart and living, making, you know, living to what makes me happy, you know, doing what makes me happy. And when I say, what, what is that? It's so simple sometimes. It's so easy. It's, it's it's spending time with family. It's helping others. It's traveling. It's whatever it is, but it's so hard for people to give themselves space and freedom to do those things because they are, and I, not, I don't think they, I think we all at some point um, subject ourselves to this idea that there's only one way to live a good life. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of that includes managing all your responsibilities and being the best that you can be and achieving, you know, all that you can achieve. And sometimes it's so much more simple than that, right? A lot of times it's moving at your own pace. Um, it's moving at a pace that feels authentic to who you are as a person. Um, and I have found that when I allowed myself to move at my pace, in answering this calling, right, and in turning to my vision, and not, you know, rushing or trying to compete with anyone else, that's when I started to really experience the help, Mm -hmm. and the grace, and the patience, and it was just really super cool, and I also see it with my clients as well, and it's really super cool when you can breathe and be mindful and present in that moment because you know that you're doing something at a pace that is comfortable for you Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's a really it's a really important part of the process because I I meet a lot of people who have these really grand visions um, or who want to find their purpose or answer their calling And they have a glimmer of it. And then it becomes this big, like, I have to do it now or I'm going to lose it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's always important to say, what's made for you is made for you. And again, it might look slightly the same as someone else's, but it's still yours, right? It's still yours to put your your fingerprint on um, and to infuse yourself in. But of course, that takes um, grace and compassion and trusting that you're not going to do it perfectly. You know, I think that's the, that's the piece too. Right. And that's kind of the beauty of the journey is knowing that when you take that risk and make those changes or really tap into your intuition and figure out what that path is for you and your soul, that you're, you're your own unique person. No one is going to ever be able yes. to offer what you offer to this world because no one's the, no. No one's the same. And what yeah. I really 
love about what you said is just when you slow down and you're mindful and you tap into what that change looks like for you and what it is that your soul has been placed on this world to do the time i think that the timeline thing is where people also kind of get overwhelmed where they feel like okay yeah. i figured it out and then i need to ha- make it happen like right now and yes. there's <laughs> so beautiful and trusting the process and really <laughs> and learning through your mistakes through taking those risks and one thing that um one thing that I really think fig- I figured out in my own life was that your gut intuition always knows, you know, like your head yes. tells you one thing. Sometimes your heart tells you another, but like when you really sit with yourself, like it's your gut that tells you what your purpose is, what direction to take, what's right for you. And it always knows best. Yes. I, you know, I agree with you hundred percent. And I think, you know, to that point, the process is the gift. Right. I think that, you know, when we're when we sit in this big old universe and we're saying, you know, where and, and where and how do I fit in to all of this? What is my unique gift to share? You know, what am I supposed to give and what am I supposed to receive? When you begin to ask those questions, let's be honest, for some people, it's a painful start because it dredges up a lot of uh, history. It drudges up um, memories that don't always feel good. But I always say those questions are the beginning um, of that change. And it also is an invitation to awaken your gut feeling. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an invitation to awaken your intuition. Because when you're asking those really big, beautiful, bold questions, you're no longer on kind of this cognitive plane, if that makes sense. You're now kind of in this spiritual place of like, you know, how do I, how do I show up in the world? And what does that look like for me? And, and I agree, you can't rely solely on your mind to make sense of the experiences that come because the process is the gift. And sometimes that process is hard as hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes that process is almost a detox mm-hmm. of belief systems. It's a detox of behaviors, the detox of ways that we interact with others. And it's like, I need to purify myself of old ways of looking at things mm-hmm. in order to use this new lens. And your gut is often going to be a very reliable source of guidance mm-hmm. because you are in the state of detoxing the old to make room for this newer bigger perspective that again is really rooted in compassion and grace and 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 I will say compassion and grace has been something that I've really struggled to apply to myself through this process I've been great at inviting others (laughs) and encouraging others to Mm -hmm. and, and and give themselves more compassion but for myself that that doubt that fear of of not doing it the right way has made um giving myself more compassion to make mistakes and and understand there is no right way it's been a challenge but it's also been exactly what i've needed to grow in my process oh definitely and i think that's so beautiful because when you learn to have that self-love and self-compassion and stop judging yourself you know, you, you start, you start attracting people that also offer you love and offer you support and offer you opportunities that manifest into what you're supposed to be doing. And I think one thing that you just said that I really want to touch on is how important it is, you know, not only to tap into your intuition and kind of figure out what your purpose here is, but also like, how do you Mm -hmm. manifest your vision and how do you determine what goals and like what the steps look like? Because I think a lot of people get caught in that space between their brain and their heart and their soul. And it's kind of messy. (laughs) They don't know how to like really channel that into a goal or into a plan to manifest the change in their life. You know, I think that's, and that's such a powerful question. And it's, this might be a really, um, I don't know if anyone's going to like this answer, but I'll be honest in saying that a lot of it has been going in my intention. 
you know, what are my intentions, right? What do I want to give? What feels good to me? And then, in, you know, in, in alignment with my intention is, it's really is, does this feel congruent or does it feel right? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if I take a few steps back to my experience, and I think even some of my clients have experienced as well, but I had this profound message of, you know, Nikki, there is more that you can be doing um, for teens who don't have access to care. You know, and I had been working with these kids for some time already, but it was just, you know, spotty here and there. Um, but long story short, you know, this vision is, is laid out as in here's the end goal. The end goal is some way, somehow, you need to bring services to them. These kids live two hours away from me, so there's already a commute there. Then the other, you know, thing is, well, it has to be affordable, if not free services for these kids. And there were so many obstacles even in that, you know, trying to manifest that vision. But what was clear to me were two things. One, I had to bring support and care to individuals who didn't have it. And two, they didn't have to pay for it or they shouldn't pay for it, right? Mm -hmm. From there, I had to really figure it out. And that's where the doubt came in. Mm -hmm. The doubt came in. There wasn't a clear this is step one, this is step two, and this is step three. I saw the end objective, and I had to trust that the ability and the experience and the knowledge was there to help me create this plan, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it, that's, that was the hard part. That's where the doubt would come in and plague me and saying, can you really do this? Are you making the right choice? Is this really how it should be done? And I, I had to keep leaning on, well, what is your intention though? And does that choice feel good? Mm-hmm. I hope that, you know, makes sense. And that was my process. And I think, you know, if something is unveiled to you, if, if, if your purpose, if your calling is really shown to you, oftentimes you're going to see the big picture of it or the end result. This is where you, this is the direction you should be going but there is no right or wrong way to get there. It's the way that feels good or congruent for who you are as a person. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of people get stuck in that like brain versus heart place where like yes. they base um, their decisions on fear that comes from past experiences of things not working yes. out and those negative core beliefs that they are inadequate or unworthy or incapable of really manifesting yeah. this. But I'm, what you said yeah. earlier, that's what meant, what is meant for you will be for you. It will happen. Yeah. And I think when, when you really are in that place of like, I see it, like I know at some spiritual weird level that this is what I'm supposed <laughs> to do, things work out. Um, so can you talk about like that difference, the balancing the, and trusting in the process when your brain is telling you no and when your heart and your soul are telling you this is it like how do you find the balance how do you help clients like work through that and how do you do that for yourself yeah you know I think for both myself and for my clients um, it's funny because what I generally (laughs) we kind of do some CBT a little bit you know we have to for the for the brain portion of it we do have to challenge um, a lot of those negative thoughts that are coming up, those thoughts that are, that are essentially attempting to deprive the world of that amazing gift that, you know, my clients want to share, but are afraid to, maybe they're saying, you know, am I good enough? Am I ready enough? A lot of times my clients, there are contingencies, right? Mm -hmm. I have to get to point A before I can earn the right to do this. And so I might challenge and say, "Well, well, who made that rule? Where does that rule come from? How does that rule apply to you? And we'll sit with that. We'll sit in that for a little bit. And I, I even have to do it for myself. It was kind of like, well, I have to make sure that I do this and I do this and I do this. And then once I do all of that, then I can focus on this. And I have to stop and, and ask myself, well, if I'm being called to do something, why am I applying these contingencies? right? Wouldn't the universe delay that calling? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm being called to do something now, why am I putting rules on myself? And then we go down that, you know, one step lower and it is, well, because I'm 
maybe I don't feel like I'm ready. Well, why don't you feel like you're ready? So it's really allowing yourself to engage when it comes to your mind. Mm -hmm. It's allowing yourself to really engage in that dialogue. And sometimes we can't do it by ourselves. And so it's always, of course, you know, finding someone who you know is going to challenge you, who you know is going to, you know, lovingly call you on your stuff. If you have that person, it's sitting with them and saying, you know, this is what's been shown to me, but I'm just so afraid or I'm so doubtful that I can actually do it. Here are the thoughts that I just keep pounding myself with and hoping that that person can kind of help you question. From a heart perspective, I think when I'm talking about finding that balance, when all else fails and I'm still having a hard time really challenging the thoughts, or if I'm noticing that my clients are having a hard time challenging the thoughts or the beliefs, then we just go to, you know, what feels bad about this? Mm -hmm. Like if you really sit down with this idea of, you know, doing, you know, of changing, of bringing something new into the world, of shifting an area of your life for the good, what is the worst thing that can happen? What does your heart say? Um, and and I will say it's really hard to check in with our hearts sometimes because our society has proned or has maybe pruned us to think that if you think with your heart, then you are a potentially weak person, mm -hmm. right? Our yeah. society tells us that if we're thinking with our heart, then we're too emotional and we're not stable and we're not strong. But in reality, strong businesses, strong relationships, change, most change in the world has been driven from a heart place. That's true. Right? And that's most of the best. Yeah. In vulnerability, that's sitting in fear, yeah. that's sitting in discomfort, that's sitting in not knowing what the outcome is going to look like after you put yeah. out there and, you know, kind of surrendering to the experience and the journey. You know, Brene Brown talks about how like the core of all happiness, the core of humanity, the, the core of freedom lies in vulnerability. And yet so many people... Oh, yeah. So just like stuck at making that leap, taking that chance. And you always see the ones that do are the ones that just did it. Like the Apple was started yes. Bob's in a in his what garage. And it was just because he had it, yes. but he actually did it. And so many people have visions, but just yep. stuck right at the edge of the cliff and don't take the leap because it's too scary and it's too hard. And it's the heart. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's the heart that pushes you over that cliff. And one of the things that I've learned from jumping off that cliff is is this. It takes a lot to step to that cliff. And I think for years I would go up to the edge and I would turn away and I would go up to the edge and I would turn away. And I got comfortable with that process, right? Because I liked being able to toe the line of the potential beyond what I could see. But I also liked the security and the stability of knowing what comes next, right? And at some point that back and forth wasn't enough. And so when I made the leap, I'll be honest with you, I was free falling for a little bit and I was freaking out. I'm like, okay, this is scary. And that was a process. But what I had to learn in the midst of that free fall is there are two things that are going to happen. I'm either going to, you know, fall to failure and give up on this whole thing or I'm going to start flapping my arms like crazy, figuratively flapping my arms like crazy in order to fly. And when I started to really, you know, flap for dear life, what happened is I didn't hit the ground, right? I started to soar. Then I had to adjust to this process of getting my wings. Mm -hmm. And once that happened, you know, that was a process. And then it was, okay, now I'm ready to start going towards the destination or towards the direction. But there was a process in each of, of in, in that experience that couldn't be made sense of through my mind alone. Mm -hmm. I had to rely on, you know, we've talked about gut, intuition, heart. I had to rely on those elements to make sense of this experience because here's the funny thing about the mind. It's always going to reference what it knows. Mm -hmm. It's generally going to reference an experience, something that it's been exposed to, whereas the heart can make sense of things bigger 
and bolder and, you know, less tangible than the mind. And that's where the doubt and the heart, you know, can sometimes be at war with one another because our mind wants to make sense of this process. It wants to judge it. It wants to, to label it where the heart just needs to know, are you following it? Mm-hmm. Are you honoring it? Right. And so um, it's being aware of those two sensations. When you find yourself really rooted in fear, really rooted in doubt, that's your mind. When you allow yourself some grace to say, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm going to figure it out, but this just feels really good trying to at least figure it out because for the first time in my life, I'm taking steps towards something bigger. That's your heart. Mm-hmm. That's your heart. And it's not, you know, doubt isn't bad. Fear isn't bad. I always say doubt is a normal part of the process. It's a necessary part of the process, but it shouldn't be the dominant part of the process. And that's what we want to make sure we're being mindful of. Is it dominating our ability to act on this vision and this purpose that we've been called to fulfill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of that free fall and growing your wings is you, you might fail, but in that failure, yeah. lesson that takes you still to another level of, of existence. Exactly. <laughs> you're no longer at the top of the cliff. Now you're in new territory. So it's like, okay, well, how do I figure this out? Right. Um, but it's all different and it's, it's new and it's, it's a process. <laughs> And, you know, it's just so applicable to every aspect of life, whether that's career or making a move or having yeah. a child or, you know, telling someone that you have feelings for them. Like, it just, life is vulnerable. And yeah. I think the most fulfilling and life-changing moments come from those leaps. And they come from people just, you know, having those moments of, like, I'm just going to do this. Like, I don't know why, but, like, I'm going to move to LA or I'm going to start this business or I'm going to tell yes. that I have feelings for them and just go for it. Yes. And I love that you said that, like, it's even, I'm going to tell this person, you know, I have feelings for them. It's, and it was put on my heart to just say like, you know, some people don't feel like they have a purpose or they're not good enough to have a purpose or be called to do something amazing. And it's just, you know, the, the reality is we all have, something special mm-hmm. um, to give this world. And it doesn't have to be as grand as, you know, I don't know, Oprah Winfrey's, you know, mm-hmm. contributions to society. But if we allow ourselves to believe that we have something special, then that something special will start to show itself to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of even saying, well, what is my something special? You know, what is my something special that I can share? And, and how will I go about sharing that something special? And sometimes it's just sharing a story, sharing an experience. And, and that can have a ripple effect in and of its own that can change the lives of a lot of people. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, this is so interesting that we're having this discussion. Just, I'm going to self-disclose and share a little bit about myself too. And I've, I'm a therapist. I have a private practice and I specialize in working with young adults and um, addiction and stuff like that. And I just, mm-hmm. like I said, I had a spiritual awakening in the past year and I just have always had this drive and this intuition to start my own thing. And I came up with a concept mm-hmm. that hasn't really been done before in our industry. And like, I, I just see it like what you're saying. Like I see the end result. I know exactly what I want and I know exactly what it is mm-hmm. supposed to look like and be like and what it's supposed to offer people. And, um, I, that fear, that doubt, like it's, it stops me. And it's just having this conversation at a personal level is just really empowering me because I've been yeah. taking like small steps. Like I've been taking business classes. I've been writing <laughs> and I've been, you know, kind of like I made a video to try to get some crowdfunding and um, donations to make this project happen. But it's all just been these tiny little like grains of sand. And like, I've been really, really hard <laughs> about it because I'm like I feel like I should be doing more and that I need to be just like but I love Mm. it's unfolding like I took the leap of faith already because I made the video I signed up for this class like I'm taking all these small steps and I really don't know how they're all going to come together but I know that I took the leap because I committed to that yes 
within myself that this is what I want and I know what it's going to look like. I don't know when it's going to manifest, but at least I'm taking, you know, the small baby steps to understand finances and get good at understanding how to manage money and stuff like that, which as a therapist, we're not the best at math. As yeah. <laughs> but no, it's just, and, it, that pro- it and that's the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it's the gift. So, so scary. Like there is so much self-doubt in in me about my ability to do it. And every time I feel that, like I just remind myself of like there's a reason why like I so clearly see what this is. Yeah. And that self-doubt yes. is self-created. And you know, just having this discussion, like I don't know, this is one of those examples where when you take the leap and you're kind of stuck the right people or the right discussions or an opportunity comes up that kind of reminds you of your path and your purpose, but you have to be willing to, to take the leap. And, and I'm telling you every, every baby step you take, every big step you take, every leap, you know, it's, it's so important that you cherish every minute of it. Um, and not judge or grade yourself because at the end of the day, um, there's going to come a time where when you're pushing it, it starts to push you. Right. Um, and it's, it's a, it's, it's kind of amazing to, that when that shift happens, um, and it's, I just keep, I can't remember the exact, you know, lyrics to this song, but it's my favorite song. I feel like I listen to it every day and it's crazy that I can't remember them right now, but the premise is you know, I'm going to put my walking shoes on. I don't know where I'm going. I just know that I was shown so clearly where I'm supposed to be heading. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not about, you know, what I'm doing to get there, or when I'm going to get there, but it's just, am I taking the step? Because if I keep putting one foot in front of the other, it's going to meet me halfway. Mm-hmm. And that's really the goal about, you know, life is when we're looking at change, when we're looking at making that shift, whether it is to honor our calling, our purpose, or to advocate for ourselves, or to, you know, start the process of recovery, Um, we're going to fall, we're going to um, have to pick ourselves up at some point, sometimes we're going to have to ask for help, we're going to doubt that we can do it, we're going to question, is this too big, Um, we're going to question if we have the ability we're going to question, is it the right time? We're going to question, you know, did we even hear this to begin with? Our hearts are generally going to remind us, yes. And it's, it's sometimes it's just, a, it's just a whisper, but it's like, you know, as, as long as you're putting one foot in front of the other without judgment, it will become more clear. Um, and that's the most exciting part. And so I will keep saying the process is the gift. Because through the process, you get to learn about the ways of being that have held you back from this vision for so long. And when you get to confront the things that hold you back, what happens is you become a more resilient business person, a more resilient human being. I agree so much. And I just, just one more thing I want to touch on before we wrap up is that piece of judgment. Because not only can we be really hard on ourselves, but I think sometimes people can be hard on us. And yeah, whether that's cultural expectations or family expectations or friends having judgments about decisions that you make, I firmly believe from my own personal experience and just working with clients that being vulnerable is the life's greatest filter system. When you make a oh, yeah. When you fail, when you take a chance, when you do something that's in your highest good and you, you oh, yeah. risk it all and you trust your intuition, very, very clearly to the people who matter show up and the people who don't fall off. You know, I had hey, that man. Yeah, I had that experience, you know, within this past year where I really, you know, I trusted my intuition on something in my personal life and I I went for it. I gave it a chance, even though it wasn't, you know, maybe a- approved by my friend group. And like for mm-hmm. that experience really shifted me and it was very powerful. And that relationship, you know, taught me so much about myself and like helped me heal from a lot of wounds in my childhood. And, 
Yeah. You know, I had a friend that just judged me so harshly for what I, for exploring this relationship and told me that I didn't have integrity and, you know, just, just really judged me for something that yeah. she didn't even take the time to understand. And, you know, looking back to the person I was before this shift in my life happened, like I was so, such a people pleaser and so afraid of that judgment because I was mm, judging yeah. And so when the universe handed me this experience and allowed me to kind of break free and, and do something for myself for the first time, like I recognized, wow, like I was choosing friends who are judgmental and critical because I was judgmental and critical of myself. And like, that's powerful. Right. And it's really shifted the kind of people that I choose in my life. Now I, I love myself. I love the person I'm becoming and the woman I'm becoming and the therapist that I've become through the mistakes that I've made and through these lessons and through these risks. And I don't regret any of it, but I, I look back and, you know, I just, I see how fundamental that was for me as a person, that experience, like, and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for having those people in my life, but also having them removed at the time that they were because they were no longer pushing me towards my highest self. And that is so applicable not only to your personal life, but to business, to just everything. Oh, yeah. Like vulnerability oh, is yeah. the greatest filter system. And it will remove the people yeah. that aren't supposed to be there very quickly. And I feel like that's really powerful for, you know, our clients to hear because so, so often when they're having to make those changes in their life, a lot of times the people that aren't supposed to be in your life you know, there's kind of this tug of war that we're in. We're, we're trying to hold on to them and we can't in the moment sometimes see why the problems that we're having, we're having. Um, but, you know, it, it is true that when you are doing something in the highest good and the greatest good for yourself, for your healing, for your well-being, you will find your new kind of your community 2.0, you know, and there will be someone there to love and embrace you in your new form um and and continue to help you along that path that was really powerful what you said because i do think it is a part of the change process unfortunately or maybe fortunately you do have to again kind of go through this detoxification mentally emotionally spiritually um socially but you kind of have to detox in order to better understand where you're going and what you need and that can be scary but it's also the very thing that is necessary in graduating through the process i agree so much nikki thank you so much for joining us thank I you my guest to share just three quick takeaway points and then i want to give you a moment to just Tell us a little bit about how people can reach you if they want to work with you or if they have any questions for you. Sure. Um, you know, I would just say for the three takeaways, it's to understand that doubt um, is a part of the process to really honoring who you are authentically as a human being. Um, and even though it's a part of the process, it's not, it, or it should not be a dominating part of the process. So if you're finding that your self-doubt is leading into fear and it's causing para, you know, paralysis, then it's going to be important to really turn to your heart and really sit in this idea of, am I, am I acting in grace? Am I acting from a place of compassion towards myself? Am I allowing grace and compassion and vulnerability to guide me through this kind of gray area? Mm-hmm. The second thing is to know that the gift is in the process. As hard as the process is, um, the reward is going to be a product of the process. And so the third piece is go through it at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Cherish every step that you take as long as you know that you're taking one step at a time in the direction that feels really congruent with who you are as a person. And those would be the three, the three takeaways, I hope. (laughs) And yeah, just how can people reach you if they're interested in working with you or, and I will link your bio and your website and stuff below the episode um, in the, in the show notes, but um, just 
if you want to share on here. Yeah. So to reach me, uh, so my my practice is Soul Centered Therapy, S O L Centered Therapy. Um, I have my website, soulcenteredtherapy.com. You're welcome to contact me that way. You can reach me that way via my, you know, if you want to email me, my phone number is also there. Um, I am based out of Chino Hills. I provide, um, you know, therapy services on site. I also uh, do virtual therapy. Um, and then I also travel and speak throughout the community um, on things such as loss, grief, self-esteem, doubt. So if you're interested in reaching me, you can just visit my website and I'd love to um, answer any questions that you might have about my experience. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Nikki. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. And this is a really great episode. Um, also, I enjoyed it. Yes, yes. Also, listeners, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. I'm getting so much, so many shares of the podcast on iTunes. And I just really appreciate it because I feel like this is my soul's purpose. And taking the leap to even start the podcast is hard for me. And I hope it inspires others, you know, to start having these conversations and taking something from them to manifest in their own lives. Um, as I always say, remember to follow your compass and have a good one out there, you guys. Thanks for listening.